All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go.
Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Quadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard, high above Rogers Arena and the SkyTrain, the it's Expo late. line. It's late. Can you name the SkyTrain lines? Uh, Expo line. You yep. just said that, right? Yep. Um, millennial. Close. Millennium. Yes. Millennium line. Um, yep. And then uh, the Surrey Connector. No. Okay, I don't That know. third one is called the Canada Line. I made that up. That's what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the West what Coast the Express, which here? you think is a myth still. Yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's an actual. I'm one, telling though. you, me and the hardworking folks of Mission British Columbia, all the hardworking folks, yeah, right. All of the hardworking folks from Mi- Mission British Columbia and the surrounding areas. People makes, can't see it right now. Stops in Haney Place in mm-hmm. Pitt Meadows. Yeah, where's that? Where you guys pick up your butlers? <laughs> you wish. Although, have you seen some of those houses in Mission? Like, and those that area, like the more east you go, no. huge houses. I, we used to play baseball out there, and we would uh, the twenty eighteen provincials or something was out there, and we were out there a lot. So we're hanging out in Mission, and you would see these houses, like beautiful, beautiful houses, and then the price tag, you, they're like selling for six hundred thousand. And I was like, whoa! I know it was twenty eighteen when that happened, but still, it was it was unbelievable to see houses for that price. Yeah, well, we're in, we're in a recession, I think. Now, I don't follow the news. You know, transcendent I'm the, financial well, analysis. Yeah, don't get me started on the on the pol- my politics. I don't know any. They say they say, oh, I don't like when people talk politics. Well, I don't even know where to start with any of that stuff. So, hey, can, how many political you know parties I, can you name? Federal uh, political parties, like the the conservatives that like that's those one. those type yeah. of things. Yeah, how many uh, can you name? liberals? There you go. That's two. The NDP. That's three. Um, the independents. You should be able to name four, and the independence doesn't count. That's not a party. They're independent. Did I lose? Uh, I missed one already? You missed I thought one. I, I got you missed the a big, big one. Oh, the Green Party. There you go. Yeah, the Beautiful. They, and we're they, not going to keep They going. clean up back in my hometown <laughs> in Nanaimo. That's the, the Green Party territory, them on the island there. <laughs> okay. A couple um, other parties you're into as well. I know we didn't mention <laughs> there, but I think there's a couple that you're into. Yeah, we're going gonna to stop there. You, you one percenters, you guys got to stick together. <laughs> I know that much. Hey, before okay. we get going, I got some intro stuff to talk about here. Sure. I sent out a tweet last night because, uh, you know, you've been doing a horrible job in general, but also at pushing <laughs> wow. pushing the Canucks Army YouTube page because we have our own YouTube page. We talk about it every once in a while on the show. But I, I was like, about it all the time. But I was like, you know what? Last night, I'm like, I'll send out a tweet. Uh, I'll just send out a quick tweet uh, to, to get uh, people to know about the YouTube page. We are near, we are approaching 250 subscribers after my tweet yesterday. I saw that you're welcome. And, uh, that'll be brought up in my next meeting where the nation network bosses and me yell at each other. So just so we know, that'll be on the docket when, when we have the next conversation with the big bosses. It's always very funny because you talk a big game, especially on the show. Yep. And then, I talk to the people that you're referring to, the big bosses at Nation Network. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves you. Like, there's nobody that doesn't like you at the company. You act like you hate everybody. No, I I get along with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Until I start getting thrown around. No, I don't know. My, uh, my fiance said this. Uh, like, we were talking about the podcast, and it was like, I was like, yeah, like, I think it's really good. I think the best thing that we do on the podcast is, like, the prospects report. Like, I don't think any other podcast is doing prospects report. 
And then she said, no, the best thing you do on the podcast, the best thing that I do, apparently, according to her, is play the goddamn victim on the <laughs> show. And it's probably pretty true. I am pretty good at playing the victim, uh, and I do it often uh, here on the show. But I'm not pl- I am not playing the victim here because we uh, yeah, blew up the YouTube page. If you haven't seen it, I, put, uh, I always want to say this. I love saying this now that we're on YouTube, uh, and people can maybe just check it out. If, you've, like, if you're just listening on the podcast, we post all like the hot clips, uh, guest interviews, uh, and just like good conversations, whether it's like a two minute thing or like an 11 minute thing, if you ever want to like watch it uh, or just even like a prospects report, we're going to have all that stuff up on the YouTube channel for the Canucks Army page. Uh, the link's in the description. That's what I wanted to say uh, for this, the, the Canucks Army YouTube page. So if you're watching this live, head over there, give it a subscribe. You can even just watch the clips here and there. Yeah, I appreciate that. The other thing that the link is in the description, I'm wearing it again. I know. What is it like two times this week? I've wore the shirt. It's a beautiful shirt. The EP40 shirts are available on uh, the Nation site as well. Order it now and uh, pray to the Lord that maybe you'll get it before Christmas. I can't make any promises, but, uh, you know, pray to the Lord or so bl- blame I'm, the NDP for if it doesn't <laughs> land there in the, before Christmas. Blame political party of your choice. One of the four that Chris named uh, earlier on the show. I just ordered some uh, Nation oh, gear the block myself. Québécois. I forgot about them. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I just ordered some Nation gear myself, and I'm very excited about it. Although... You know, it, it is technically, it is Oilers Nation stuff. It is Oilers Nation uh, gear. But I got the blackout toque that says Nation on it. And that's the company. Like, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Nation Network. So I'm allowed to have merch from the company that says Nation. And then there's the uh, the Nation oh, Internet Company, which Alex is technically has got the Oilers link up here. Nation. I need to show that. This is what I wanted to bring up. There is a small person fee that you have to pay on these shirts. Alex, click how much it is for a medium here for the shirts. Medium shirts are cheaper. What? Large large shirts are cheaper. You've got to get extra out of here. large shirts are cheaper. Every size is cheaper, but there is a small person fee of one dollar if you want to buy a shirt uh, on our nation network okay. site. That's a mistake. <laughs> that is a mistake. You, you because... wear a small too. Yeah, so. that's that's literally so my size. There's a small person fee on the EP40 <laughs> shirt that you have to pay, which is one dollar. Although but you know how what? Did you know about? <laughs> well, I was on it today checking it out. That's a thing against <laughs> Yeah, this was my. I've hacked into the system. Uh, talk to some BCIT computer students. They helped me get into the Nation Network site. But uh, no, I went on there today to look at it, so then I thought, uh, yeah, there's a small person fee of $30. Okay, okay, we're wasting way too much no, time the link, on this. No, link, the link are in description for that as well. I threw that in the YouTube, because I do all the work around here, all the prep, you know that I do everything. Yeah, there. so go go pick yourself up an EP40 shirt. Uh, let's talk about the Canucks, Chris. The Vancouver Canucks are in San Jose. At the time of this recording, we're not going to talk too much about it, but I think we do have to talk about one thing, and that's Big Jack Stud, as Ooh. Wyatt called him in the uh, in the Stanchies on Monday night. Jack Studnika slotting in as the third line center for the Canucks I love this move and you know I'm not I'm not loving this move because I think Jazz Studnika is fantastic and he's going to do a much better job than Sheldon Dries I love this move for the same reason that I've been talking about basically all season long where I've been saying stuff like play Jack Rathbone uh hell even Kyle Burroughs to some extent where I'm saying things like and not really Kyle Burroughs to the point that I'm about to make but where I've been saying Put this guy in because he might have a future with your team. And I'm not saying Sheldon Dry's career is a lost cause or anything like that. But I would say there's probably a better chance that Jack Studnika, who's a scorer in junior, and as Bruce uh, Bruce Pedros said today, uh, basically just hasn't really gotten many chances to be an offensive creator at the NHL level since junior he hasn't really had that opportunity. I like my chances of Jackson Nika developing into something, a serviceable bottom six center. And hey, the Canucks don't have many of those coming in the pipeline, right? We talked about yesterday what this team looks like if they don't have Bo Horvat. 
right now you don't have too much to lose and you have a lot to gain by potentially playing a guy like Jackson. You know, I'm not even saying it's going to work out. I'm not saying, yeah, I believe in Jackson Nika's upside. I'm just saying that there is some upside there potentially. And the only way he's going to reach that potential is not by playing fourth line wing. You're putting mm. him in a position to succeed by playing him with Andre Kuzmenko and Connor Garland tonight. Yeah, and there was a lot of hype around Jack uh, Studnika a few years ago as well. He was a pretty highly touted prospect, um, and he was a center. Like he, He's been a center a lot of his career. He likes playing the left wing as well. I mentioned that the other day. But yeah, Bruce Boudreaux hinted at this yesterday uh, because Sheldon Drive spoke to the media, and you know when you speak to a player, you normally ask the coach about it later, blah, blah, blah. You got a quick story. There's uh, that's, how the biz- that's how the sausage is made uh, in our business. But with... Yeah, so we're asking Bruce about it. He's like, yeah, I'm not even sure if Drys is going to be in the lineup. I'm not sure what the roster will look like. But we are going to see Studnika play some center tonight. We haven't seen a lot of that. Uh, but you you brought it up. Like, he's 23 years old. He hasn't really reached his uh, final point just yet. But um, not a lot of changes to the rest of the lineup, Alex. You can go ahead and pull that up here, the Canucks lines. Uh, but Studnika heading into the middle, I think it's going to be an interesting spot for him. He's We talked about it yesterday, right? He's a... He's a lengthy player. He's got uh, a long reach, uh, and I think him playing center is another guy that you can add to the right shot. And, and like you said, you don't want him to – he's not going to develop into you know being Bo Horvat's replacement likely, but if he develops into being uh, a solid option on your fourth line who can play center, like you like that, right? That's a good piece to have uh, moving forward uh, once you start to get this team. But to me, it's the process, right? That's what you talked about. It's it's the process of of playing the 23-year-old instead of the 26-year-old because you think that maybe there's something there, something more to grow uh, in that younger player. That That's the way I'm looking at it. Uh, and things like this, you start to see more little bits like this moving forward. This is the process of saying, hey, we're not trying to just be this year cup or bust. Like we want to have a couple things that we look down the road for to make this team better. And I think this is a situation like that. And listen, this doesn't move the needle a ton. Right, you brought it up. It's not like Stadnik is going to just be absolutely stealing this job. But hey, maybe he looks good in this role. Maybe he looks a lot better playing with very skilled players. It's a similar situation to Brock Besser, right? Like the line that he was playing on that third line, he didn't look good. But now that he's got a passer in Elias Pettersson, he looked better in that part of the lineup. So you're trying to find some things that work, and and maybe. Stunika has a little bit more offense to give in a situation like that. Maybe he's a better offensive NHL player than Sheldon Dries because there, there's no doubt that Dries is a, an incredible AHL scorer, right? We saw that last year for everyone who was out there in Abbotsford had a chance to see him. You never made a trip out there. But Sheldon Dries, he's he's a hell of an AHL scorer. At the NHL level, I kind of touched on it with him and even asked him this question just the other day of like, what is it about the NHL that makes it a little bit tougher to score? And he's like, you know, it, it, at least he's getting the scoring chances, but... He does need to bear down a little bit on some of those scoring chances to really start to finish these things. So, um, yeah, I, I don't hate the move. Like, it, it's, a, it's a fine move, I think. And this is coming off of uh, a win as well. Obviously, the defense wasn't as great as you'd like to see. But Drys hasn't been great defensively as well. as Like, his numbers haven't really stacked up great defensively. So it's not like you're losing a ton. Uh, what I feel like on either end of the ice. I think this is just giving a younger guy a shot, which is what this team should be all about right now, giving younger guys shots. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you said it, man. You you said it, and again, as we take a look at the lines, courtesy of Ben Kuzma, uh, no Kuz. changes to the lineups. Other I than always Dakota bump Joshua. into Kuz on accident. He's always at the end of the press box. Yeah. I feel bad. I bump into him all the time because he's sitting on His the edge seat there. Is I right got, by the stairs, yeah, and I got a big body, so it's like it's dude. Tough I to even get used to there. bump into Kuz. Yeah, well, that's a say. If you're bumping into him, I sometimes I almost knock him off his chair. <laughs> uh, all right. Sharks tonight. It's a one day uh, road trip down in San Jose. Call it one day in San Jose. Uh, that should be a, uh, that would be a pretty good movie. Uh, have you ever seen the uh, like 
Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to bring up movies. Because I, I know I'll go down the rabbit hole. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but One Day in San Jose, that sounds like a good... Uh, that sounds like a good movie for like Seth Rogen to be the lead on. Uh, anyways, uh, all right, we'll get to start with the Sharks. Second worst team in the NHL quad. Second worst team in the NHL. They got an eight sixteen and four record, two seven and one in their last ten games, being outscored 30, 41 to thirty in those ten games. But the two wins that they've had over Montreal five one and a four nothing win over Ottawa over the last ten games. Obviously, Eric Carlson, as you can see the stats right now, if you're on the YouTube's, uh, he is ripping it up. Eleven goals, twenty three assists this year. Slowed down a little bit over the last little bit here during this losing streak, but he was up to a ridiculous start. Uh, and you know, it's kind of. Did you hear? Did you see his uh, interview on Saturday? You don't remember anything from Saturday night, actually. Never mind. He was uh, his good interview on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday night. He was great and uh, said he's got a lot of hockey left in him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with and, his story as the season goes on. Uh, as we just saw there, Matt Benning with one goal and nine assists is the Sharks' second highest scoring defenseman. And Carlson is 11 goals and 23 assists. Yeah, Carlson's playing with like Jacob Megna uh, as his partner as well. So like, Godspeed, brother. Seven assists for Jacob Megna. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, you get all the play with good with players. Them. So, yeah, not a lot of offense coming from the back end uh, if your name is not Eric Carlson. But this Sharks team is not great. Um, you should, you know, if you think this Canucks team is going to be competitive and go on a run, you should be winning this game, you know, six to two. Um, but the Sharks, they do have, this is why their matchup's so good. I think you brought this up yesterday on the show saying that they were running at 90% at some point earlier in the season. Uh, but right now their penalty kill 86.3 top Still of the best NHL. In the league, yep. Like, damn, like, you know, for a team that's second worst in the league, could you imagine if they're just like a middle of the pack penalty kill? At and least they have something to rely on. This this goes back to last season too. Like when you watch mm. San Jose kill penalties, it's it's actually cool to watch them kill penalties. And you know what? Like the Canucks like to move the puck, which is going to help them. But they better be quick moving that puck tonight. And they better not make any blind passes because the sharks the sharks mentality on the penalty kill is basically just full force go at the opposition every second that they're in the offensive zone. Like mm. they don't really have a box their box is always kind of moving if you know what i mean like always always pressuring whoever has the puck scott gordon he's gonna have a job offer from somebody else next year assistant coach running that pk over there um be he was the coach of their minor league team a few years ago i think as well or a minor league team uh philly's minor league team i think but now he's in the nhl he's probably gonna get uh, you know you run a pk like that you're getting a job somewhere speaking um, of the phillies trey turner Turns down an offer to San Diego. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, We're not going to talk baseball. baseball so. I was texting you a lot. So about Sharks baseball. are the ninth worst team uh, at scoring, uh, nine point eight or two point eight nine goals a game. I'll tell you, I'll be 100 percent honest. I don't think I'm going to be good at reading numbers today. I was up at three in the morning watching the Sweden announcement, and we'll get to that eventually. But I am like, I am struggling to read what's on my screen in front of me. <laughs> if I'm being 100 percent honest, like the numbers are not. Uh, in line right now, the way that I'm reading them. So uh, 2.89 goals a game is what they scored. They're the ninth worst scoring team. Uh, the Canucks, they're sitting at the 23rd in the league for points percentage. Uh, let's just get to our next segment here. I got to get you talking a little bit. This is not going to be, I'm running on like three hours of sleep. I, I woke up and wrote the article too. So this is a bad situation. Uh, thank you, Alex. Blow a bunch of uh, graphics up in front of here. Let's get to uh, what do you do with. I know you love this segment, Quaz, because yes. I prepare questions. I read them off to you, and I I don't know if I maybe I'll change the graphic a little bit, but I want to use this graphic or idea one if you have an idea because I'm like I'm asking you for an idea on a situation. I like this graphic too. I worked hard on this one. Um, you pull that up, Alex. We'll get this thing going here with the what do you do with quads? You are you ready? Yes. All right. Rock Besser with Elias Patterson. How long do you keep him there? And is it there? Is Brock Besser there just to boost the trade value? 
Or do you think this is actually a long-term thing for Besser? Well, you want it to be a long-term thing. Like, he signed for three years, but if he can't outperform that contract, right, or even perform up to it, right, in terms of goals and what he's producing with Elias Pettersson, like, if you if you have better options to play with Elias Pettersson long-term, then no, it's not a long-term thing, right? So, again, you have to kind of look at it and avoid having the mentality of, well, let's put him there. Teams are going to want him because he's succeeding with Lewis Patterson and maybe his trade value is higher, but now he's good, so we want to keep him. You have to come to grips with selling off players when teams actually want them. Like, you can't keep this mentality of, it's so weird. Like, we're trying to trade our players that we don't even want and that we think suck, and... Nobody wants them. Why is that? Like yeah, it's Tanner not, Pearson. It's not the video game where it's just about the players overall. Like there's yeah. a, there's a lot of things that going in, go into making a trade with a player. And yeah, you're bringing up a great point of like run run this back, run this back for a while here to just show that he can be in that position. I think that's the big thing too. Like Besser proving that he can play in that role because maybe he hasn't had a chance to really prove that this season. I think that's the way the stock is dropped is because he hasn't been there and done that this season, but he's doing that right now. So that's why I think you keep him there too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and Lachlan wrote about this recently at Canucks Army, where you have to like you. It's good process to put Besser on the wing there, like it is, right? And you you want to build up his trade value. And what you need to avoid now is just building up his trade value and then saying, "Well, now teams actually want him, and now he's producing for us. We need to keep this guy." And again, like that could be something you do, but you, all I'm saying is you just need to have a long-term plan. Like, you just have yeah, to have it, a plan. It's funny, how, how often does it just come back to the plan? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, especially with making the right moves, everything just comes back to the right plan, and I think that's still the thing that, you know, we don't have to talk about it every episode, but it's funny how many, like, roads always just end at the final destination Destination being like, well, what is the plan, right? Like, that's what it just feels like again. Okay, you want to get to our next one here? Speaking of the plan. This uh, this would be a little bit of a long-term, short-term fix. Uh, do you think it's better to keep Luke Shen and extend him Ugh. at sub $1 million or trade him for a third-round pick before the trade deadline? Let me keep let me him. put a little context here. I don't even need context. I'm okay. keeping him. I, I'm saying, and again, I know this is a debate online, but that third-round pick, like, I think the only way that I would change my mind is is if it's like a high second or a late first for Luke Shen, because then it's wow. just because then it's just how can you turn that down when you're in the position yeah. the Canucks are at, right? But for and again, you said extending him for sub one million. You got to talk to him and do the Tyler Mott. You got to figure out if he's coming back and if he's coming back, if the number makes sense for you. Like if you could get Luke Shen on Curtis Lazar's contract, right, three years yeah. at one million, and hey. You, there's a chance that even by the third year he's not really serviceable and you don't really love having him around, but. You do that, I think, if you're the Canucks right now for sub one million. Like, that's a guy who can help you with your culture during a retool. And and remember the quads plan. Yeah, but is three years. The quads plan is loading up on assets, but it's also not just you know turning a blind eye to the future. And again, in the quads plan, I want to have guys around who are good leaders, and I think Luke Shen is one of those guys. Kyle Burrow, same thing. Sure. Like, if if a team calls. And says, we'll give you a fifth round or a sixth round pick for Kyle Burrows. I'm not doing that. Like, if I can keep Kyle Burrows around, I am. I also think in the current situation that the Canucks are in, there is a ton of weight put on Luke Shen's shoulders to carry the culture. And I also wonder if at his age, having already won two Stanley Cups and knowing what that feeling's like to just be a piece on a team, 
instead of really having to carry all that weight and deal with all this drama with this organization, I'm I'm curious if Luke Shen even wants to stay here or go out yep. and be on a winning team. And, so and, I don't think it's just mm-hmm. either or. And, you know, oh, it's like you either trade him or you get a deal done and extend him. I don't think those are just the only two options. Yep. You need to talk to Luke Shen about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget... Luke Shen just turned 33, like last month. He turned yep. 33. He's not like, you know, That's I think a lot of people think he's year. like, you know, a lot of people are like, maybe just think he's like 36 or 37 or even 35, but like he just turned 33 last month. He's just, it just feels like he's been around forever. Cause I think he, he came in at 18, right? With the, with the Leafs or was it, did he have one year of junior and then came in? And Corey uh, and, Anderson jumped in the chat and made yeah. a good point. He said, yeah, but you don't know if Luke will come back. Yeah, it's not exactly, worth letting yeah. anybody walk for anything where this, for nothing where this yeah, team is. You Absolutely. Either, you need to figure it out. You need to figure it out pre-deadline. You got to have the, the Tanner Pearson deal pretty much. You got to have the deal at the deadline when everyone thought he was going to get traded. Like that's, you need to have it done by then. Yeah, you need to have it done. But, but I mean, that's the thing. Like he plays well with Hughes and there's likely some good years there. It's not, it doesn't look like Luke Shen is slowing down at a rapid pace like a lot of players do after um, after the age of 30, specifically defenseman, I think because he's adjusted his game, because he's made the changes, I think he's going to be a player that you know can play in your lineup for at least two more years. Like, at least can be an NHL for two more years, or at least on a really good team, be an excellent seventh defenseman and a great guy to have in your room. Yeah. Like, I was at practice yesterday, and there's seven players on the ice. It's all the bottom six guys, uh, Kyle yeah. Burrows, Christian Wolanin. Who else? Who's the guy that rounds out that group? Luke Shen, he's out there practicing yeah. with this team. Like, and that's again, I sat there with Randy. Randy was the only other media member there chatting with me, and we were chatting about it. And I said, "Man, Luke Shen doesn't have to be here. Yep, he doesn't have to be here out here doing this. But that's, he's out there with those guys, getting a chance to work with the Sydney's. Luke Shen taking face-off advice from Henrik Sedin yesterday. Like it was hilarious. You never know. And you, the funniest thing was, so they're doing these face-off drills, right? Uh, this is a fun story. So they're doing these face-off drills. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Studnik is going up against uh, Joshua. They're having, like, their battle. Sheldon drives in there. They're all battling. It's, it's like, good face-offs. And then Luke Shen and Christian Wolanin hop in. They're like, we want to go for one. Like, they want to have a, a face-off drill. So Hendrick's, like, all excited. Like, he's excited. The two defense. Everyone's, like, fired up. But you tell the seven guys are loving it. <laughs> so this is what happens. The puck gets dropped. Luke Shen, like, just, like, he, like, swings his stick, misses the puck, and then just pushes Christian Wolanin's, like, he knocked his helmet right off. He just like pushed him and like just throws a fist right into it. Knocks Willanen's hat like helmet right off the ice, and then just like Willanen like almost falls over, and then like Shed just like moves the puck to the side. Like it was it was a fun little thing at practice yesterday. Actually, I was surprised I didn't bring it up yesterday. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd, I'd still. Tr- I just think I don't think that it's uh, set in stone that he is going to want an extension yep, here. Exactly. So and I would take a third round pick. And hey, further to that. If it's Luke Shen and Luke Shen saying, you know what, I actually want a three-year deal at one point five to two million. Mm. Hey, maybe you can get that on the open market. He's been deployed Probably. like a first-pairing guy. If that's the case, then you got to move him. You got to trade him. And again, as much as I just talked about, okay, well, there's not much culture here, but the fact that Luke Shen is one of those guys that can help you build that culture through your rebuilding years with the quads plan, you need to make smart hockey decisions at the end of the day mm-hmm. and. If you're having to get Luke Shen for three years, 33, like you said, Luke Shen for three years at $2 million, I'm sorry, that's just too much. And I, I love Luke Shen. Like, I, I just talked about him glowingly. And again, he's a guy that if you bring in at a completely buriable cap hit, right, um, make it a one, one-way one deal, obviously, so that he's paid the same in the minors in the NHL, but I'm sure he'd like to play in the NHL. Yeah. Um, if, you can, if you can manage that, where you can get him on a contract that, yeah, is completely buriable, like $1 million or under that for three years, I'm totally fine with that. I don't but think if that's you're, happening. Okay. I have, I have no comp. I have, 
I think that's a 1% chance that that happens. So what does Luke Shen get on the open market right now? 1.75 to 2.25, I think. On a three-year deal? On a two- to three-year deal, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. I think so. I, 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 I I'd say two. Listen, I don't think I'm three. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, he's going to make... Like, if he signs a two-year deal somewhere, maybe somewhere in the realm of, like, 2.5 million, probably. Right? He's Like no. I said, he's not 35. He's 33. You're getting two more years of Luke Shen playing yeah. his role. Well, okay, that, that's fair. If you think that's what he's getting and if that's what the he's open looking market. at on the open market, yeah. then no, the Canucks cannot be a part of that. They the have Canucks to trade can't. him at the deadline. That That's what it comes down to. Is yeah. It's just it's simple hockey decisions. You can't make an emotional decision when it comes to this. Listen, I think he really liked the idea of coming here when he when he first signed here for the two years. I think that there's – I just think there's been so much put on his shoulders. That's got to be hard to carry, right? That's got to be – and CV's got a good point. Good Branson just got a four by four. Yep. You know, we'll see. Anyways, yeah. And, and Lisa, Brink, Luke Shen always got that dog in him. Absolutely has that dog in him. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, okay, let's get to our next one here. Uh, will Colin Delia, Delia, Delia. See, I can't read anything today. Uh, will he get a start in December? Aside from this, the back to backs, the one back to back this month. Can you pull up the uh, December schedule there, Alex? Will Delia get a start aside from this back to back that is in this month? Delia, um, Delia, whatever. I'm gonna say no, but ask me in a week after I've seen how Spencer Martin fares in his next three starts. Uh, obviously, there's the San Jose game tonight. Minnesota on Saturday, and then on December 14th, they're in Calgary. After those three games, ask me the same question, because right now, Spencer Martin. Spencer Martin's getting all the starts. Colin Deli is going to get that one back-to-back, like you said. But if Spencer Martin has more first periods like he just did in that game against Montreal, and again, I'm sure he's spoken with Ian Clark, and I'm sure he's going to try and get himself back on track. But, you know, there's a lot of the psychological part of being a goaltender, right? And right now he's got the starters workload. And this is the first time in his NHL career that Spencer Martin has the starters workload um, in the NHL or hell, even in the AHL, right? Where he's being relied on like this. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that Spencer Martin's mentally weak or that he cracked under pressure or something like that in Montreal, but I'm saying if it becomes a, I don't even want to use the word habit, but if it happens again, 
then yeah, you can look at starting Colin Delia, especially when you have those games at the end of the month in the 27th, 29th, right. and 31st. Like, you can look at that. Do you think that... Sorry, do the Canucks play on New Year's Eve? Yes, they do. You gotta be kidding me. I just, I, I have to cancel New Year's Eve plans now. No, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna work it. I'm gonna be at that game. That's fantastic. I didn't want to work. I'll tell you, I'm too old to, to be going out and... Well, I was gonna go to a party. Well, yeah, I know. I know what you, I bet you were. I <laughs> heard you last weekend. Um, but yeah, I know you want to get up for your New Year's Eve. You can have New Year's. I'll, uh, I'll just, you know, work away. Cause us guys at the bottom, yeah, we gotta, yeah. we gotta work so damn hard. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys at the top are drinking champagne together. But sorry, with, with Spencer Martin, like it, it's not just like he has never had a run of games before, right? Like you look at the twenty seventeen, the twenty sixteen seventeen season, he played fifty games in the AHL. Okay, like he's he's gone as a run as a starter. He, he the year after that, he follows it up. He ends up playing thirty four games in the AHL, twenty three games, thirty three games. It was just the last couple seasons with you know the way that he started with the Vancouver Canucks, where he wasn't going to be the start. You know the starter right off the top, like he was the third, third guy there. He also played at just a ton of games. You know, he had look at this. Uh, this is a, this is crazy. He had sixty four starts in the OHL in twenty thirteen fourteen. But that was also the era where like goalies didn't get days off. But sixty four starts uh, for him in the OHL. That is a ton of games uh, for a junior right there. It is absolutely. Okay, you ready for the next one? Yes. How much longer? Do you leave Vasily Colson down in the AHL? Let me give you the context here. I know you, you don't like the context here, but I'll give you some good context. Abbotsford has two home games this weekend, Friday and Saturday, but then they hit the road on Wednesday for a game on the 14th, then they have a day off, and then back-to-backs on the 16th and 17th, so three games and four nights on the road. Then they return home for the games next weekend after that, and they're home all the way until December 30th. So now that you know the schedule there, how much longer do you leave a silly pod Colson down in the AHL? As long as he needs. He hasn't like okay, and Cody Severson, I was I was editing it, so you know, little inside baseball here. Uh Cody Severson wrote about the uh recap of the four game win streak that Abbotsford's on since Rathbone and Pod Colson have been down there, and I was reading about Pod Colson's game, and obviously Cody watches all the games and he tracks it very closely. With Pod Colson, basically what Cody said was that he's trying to be a bit too much of a playmaker in the AHL like he's not getting shots off he's not really taking over games the way you would expect like he's playing pretty unselfish hockey but he needs to be a little bit more selfish in the AHL is kind of what Cody was saying so like I don't I don't think you're in any rush to bring up pod Colson and again like I'd love for the coach to tell him be like dude be selfish yeah you think pod Colson his whole career has ever been told like be selfish maybe when he's playing for uh the world junior team, but at the same time, he had uh, Larry Bragg and as his coach there for for two of the three seasons that he played at the U twenties. Like nobody ever has probably told Pod Coles and be selfish, trust your skills and be the dude. I'd love for Jeremy Calden to do that. So I I completely agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I want to see him playing. I want to see him getting a ton of minutes, and I want to see him really taking over the AHL. Like again. What are we? What are you trying to develop Pod Colson into? Right? Is it a bottom six winger, or is it a guy who can play on any any line and really be on your first line? Right? Be a be a top six contributor. And I would say it's the latter there. So let let him tear up the AHL. And right now he's not doing it. So keep him down there for a bit. I I don't think for there's any rush to get him up here. Like because I was wondering, is it are they only keeping him here for the six home games? And then like when they hit the road for that December fourteenth, they got three games and four nights. You probably want to see him play there. But mm-hmm. at the same time, do you want to get him back to the NHL for that date? Like, do you want? Do you, is that the thing? Like, you don't want him traveling with the do team. You, do you? They're look going at down this? to California, by the way, so it's not a crazy yeah, travel. But do you look at this NHL team and say, like, 
well, Pod Colson needs to be in that guy's spot. Yeah, no, like, it's a good point. Tanner Pearson's going to return. That's going to make it even harder for anybody to get in the lineup because Tanner Pearson has to play in this lineup, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, so what, like Nils Amon will come out maybe and Curtis Lazar is going to have to play center? Yeah. Like, again, it's just addition by subtraction and it's going to... I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's going to be a little bit too bad for the Canucks when Tanner Pearson returns. Mm. Like, I, I, I hate to say it. I like Tanner Pearson. I think he's... I think he's a nice guy. But it gave me very much vibes of that old meme where it's like, nobody cares you broke your elbow. <laughs> you know what I'm talking I, about? Yeah, I'm going to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. But I, I, what I'm saying is just like the moves I was just praising the team for, like saying like, oh, Jack Sadiq, like at least he has some potential upside. Play him in the bottom six role. Like if Jack Sadiq has to come out of the lineup because Tanner Pearson's coming back or whatever it is that this team does to justify why Tanner Pearson has to be in the lineup, I just, I don't think the Canucks are gaining anything in the short or long term. Maybe a little bit more in the short term term admittedly by playing Tanner Pearson and again it's just it's it's not a knock on Tanner Pearson it's just where this team is at right now right in the current state of this team and that's mm. that's what it really comes down to all right I like it yeah, I agree with a lot of the HL stuff there it's a good thing you edit Cody's articles otherwise you'd be in yeah, the dark I'd have nothing all right how do you cook your nachos bake broil or bake and then broil what what is broil come on man it's when the heat comes from the top Oh no, I bake. Just you just bake them? Yeah, what do you do? I just broil them. Maybe I should do that. My oven has a setting. I just never use anything other than Cuz I put the, I, this has been in the the dock for a long time cuz I put this out on Twitter like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And everyone was saying the move is to bake and then broil, but then mm-hmm. I get all these people who are working in restaurants saying, "No, it's just broil." Mm-hmm. And I was and then everyone's like, "No, that you get, what's going on here, Alex?" It, but then you got to it like, makes sense because well they said the baked and broil because you warm up the chips but I don't need the chips to be warm like it, maybe it's nice but it's not like they're fresh chips have you ever had like you go to a spot and it's actually like I had no listen I learned this like two years ago I had no idea that like tortilla chips are actually just like tortillas cut up into like triangles and then just deep fried like that blew me away to have like fresh tortilla chips listen we don't have the fancy stuff back in Nanaimo like they have over here in Vancouver. So to hear that that's how like fresh tortilla chips were, they were excellent with the first time I had them. But that's the only time I really need my chips to be like warmed up. Absolutely. So I'm fine with just broiling. I just want the cheese to get warm. <laughs> my girlfriend's in the chat. Okay. What's she? She's calling me out saying that I microwave, which I do. Well, the, you know, I was just about to get to that. Listen, it's, a, it's a fine decision. That's what I'm saying. If yeah, it's 11 o'clock at night and you just wrapped up a FIFA game and you're ready to watch, you know, a couple episodes of Jersey Shore. Yep. It takes a minute 30 to just put the chips on a plate, lay the cheese down, and microwave it. She jumped in the chat as soon as uh, I said that I wasn't going to be able to do New Year's Eve anymore. No, well, she she's probably jumped in her seat when you didn't know what broil even was. Come on, I you're I don't know if she 20 something years old. Yeah, she's the same age. She All doesn't right. know. One more food question before Kay. we get to uh, World Junior Update. As a child, I was thinking about this the other day. What is the best sandwich you used to get in your lunch as a kid? Do you remember like the perf- the ultimate recipe? I have mine, so I can start, or you can start if you have yours. Uh, Montreal smoked meat sandwiches are always my okay, favorite. Okay, well, t- walk us through the sandwich from, from bread to bread. What's the way bread, to Bread, mustard, Montreal smoked meat, that's it. Okay. No cheese, just the straight smoked meat. Huh. Isn't so that just the way mustard, you're supposed to just eat Just mustard and smoked yeah, meat? Yeah, that's the way you're supposed well, to eat they, it. Well, when I had it in Montreal, it came with a big pickle on the side. Oh, well, yeah. Look at that I, right there. You see a pickle on the side. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like the big pickle. Those look like they're from uh, some of the ones in Montreal. Because I actually, you know what? I had one here that I remember I did the DoorDash review, but I didn't, it didn't make it to the <laughs> film because I couldn't pronounce the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. Mine was, uh, shout out to uh, my. Yeah, that's looking like Schwartz. Yeah. Schwartz. <laughs> I had Schwartz over there and it was excellent. 
Um, and yeah, I looked at them this weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. Alex off to Montreal. Be, uh, be sure to yeah bring some back, send some uh, in the mail to quads, um, put some pork rinds on it. Uh, Mine back in the day. Shout out to the best man of my upcoming wedding here, uh, my my buddy Chad. His mom made the best sandwiches back in the day. Cause, so I'd we, I'd sleep over there for on school nights all the time. It was what we did. So then I'd get a lunch from her, and this is what it was. It was white bread, old like what is it? Old cheddar cheese? Is that what you call it? That doesn't sound good. Old cheddar cheese, thinly sliced cucumber, Miracle Whip, and here's the here's the key: pepper. You got the pepper in the sandwich really spicy. I do like up. that. Okay, you know what else? A little if you make a ham I did this more in my adult life. Yeah. Um for the past couple of years. The ham and cheese sandwich, but you add dill pickle chips to the Yeah, you like I'm not a big chip guy dude, in the sandwich. Dill pickle chips. Uh it it, it is life changing adding those to mm. a sandwich because you, you get a nice crunch. You get a beautiful crunch. You gotta try it sometime. I'm telling you. Mm. I'll stand by it. it. It's a good decision. Corey Anderson uh, is in the chat and kind of kind of said he's a trained chef and it hurts to listen to this. Oh, sorry, Corey. <laughs> well, I people were telling me how oh, I work in a restaurant. And this is I think that nachos at the restaurant are so much better. But maybe that's just that uh, that weird. Like I've, I've heard this before. Like if you make a sandwich and somebody makes you the exact same one, the one that they make for you is going to taste better. Yeah. Because you didn't have to make it. I think that might be the situation with nachos, too. Quickly here. Uh, Bill Juan jumped in the chat and said, Quads isn't the best man. Hashtag feud. I was okay. expecting to be oh, your best okay, man. Okay, Alex, you're done. Alex, you're done. Listen, listen. We uh, oh we saw your fiance uh, giving out her invitations to her bride's, bride's uh, bridesmaids, yep. right? Um, <laughs> and she's sending him this big package, this big envelope. Yeah, the way you asked stories. me to be a groomsman, I'm oh. sitting on your couch and you go, hey, I don't know if I've asked you well, this yet. Well, I forgot yet. if I asked you. I don't know you. if I've asked you this yet, but do you want to be a groomsman at my wedding? And I said, no, you haven't asked me, but oh. sure, I'll be a well, groomsman Well, that's the thing. What wedding. if I asked you and it, it were, I, would, I didn't want the embarrassment of asking you a second time? <laughs> no, I'm so not. I uh, check. No, I, honestly, I, I'm not even complaining. Somebody, I just think uh, it's really funny how simple it is. And we're just, I was like, yeah, sure. The Botchford, uh, the Botchford folk that they were asking Foster project they yeah. asked like hey who's your uh, favorite person in the uh, canucks media aside from quads and i was like i see quads so much he's like my <laughs> least favorite person what are you talking about <laughs> and like and then i said yeah no it's woodley woodley's the worst yeah. um but uh all right let's get to let's get to the prospects report let's okay. get a little world junior update yeah Check this sorry out. i cut you off there. yeah no pull it up alex we got uh Photos of these two young gents, 18-year-olds. By the way, great news for the Vancouver Canucks prospect system today because these two players, Jonathan LeCaramacki and Elias Pettersson, both drafted in the most recent draft, the 2022 draft. We were there in Montreal covering it. It was a blast. These two players were drafted. LeCaramacki was a first-round pick. Elias Pettersson, DPD, he was a third-round pick. Um, and they're both 18, right? So they're playing at the World Juniors. They were just selected by Team Sweden to play on the World Junior team. They are also eligible to be in next year's tournament. So basically, you make this team this year, it's it's all but a lock that they're going to be there next year. So very good news uh, for two of the Vancouver Canucks prospects here. Get an opportunity to play with Sweden um, and Jonathan LeCaramacki after battling uh, the concussion stuff. I'll get into that because I did get an update on Jonathan LeCaramacki. Um, so the concussion that he had, remember that was uh, November twenty sixth was when it uh, was when he took that hit. I heard that on Monday he was back on the ice. So the first time he skated and was back on the ice for practice. Uh, was Monday. So that's very good news because, yeah, I thought, you know, with only three weeks away after taking that injury before camp, it was it was still up in the air if he was going to make it. But it was good to hear that uh, the concussion hasn't really been 
like I know people told me not to say a minor concussion or a major concussion, but I mean, this, this seems like at least if things are being done the right way over there, which I expect they are, this is a quality organization, Jur Gardens. They're a team that was in the SHL for a long time uh, and well-run big organization. I don't think they're making little mistakes like this. Like they, they got him back on the ice on Monday. So he was skating on Monday. That's really good news. And maybe it wasn't as bad as, as what it could have been. So that's good news in that, right? Um, so yeah, he skated on Monday. He'll be at the camp. The camp starts on December 14th. Uh, so both these players are going to be there. You've got a defenseman. You've got LeCaramacchi. What I expect from Jonathan LeCaramacchi at this tournament is to be on one of the top two scoring lines. He's going to be on the first or second line. He'll be playing right wing. They have some pretty talented wingers uh, that you're going to see at this tournament for Sweden, but I think LeCaramacchi is still going to get an opportunity to be there. I do expect him to be on one of the power play units. I'm not sure if it's going to be first power play unit. Listen, they used him on the first power play unit to start the World Juniors in the summer. But he didn't stay there. Like He didn't perform. He only had three points through seven games, all three being assist uh, at the Summer World Juniors. But he was coming off a of mono. I'll give him the excuses at that point. This time, he's got to show up. He's got to show well at this tournament. There's a lot of hype around this kid uh, when he's playing good hockey. This is a time for him to really get that confidence back on track. And I tell you, this is an opportunity for LeCaramacchi Le to really turn around his season because it hasn't been a good start to the year uh, for him so far. So if he has a good World Juniors, I really think that's going to set him up nice for a second part of the season. And with Elias Pettersson, man, like what a run he's had since being drafted. Like he he comes in, plays a ton of minutes in the J20 League. We've seen him sometimes at 26, 28 minutes a night uh for for dpd he's been excellent his shots kind of really taken a step at the j20 level and then over the past week we talked about it on the show just the other day he's playing about 15 minutes a night in the shl that's a huge jump for an 18 year old right so um two very positive uh storylines here in the canucks organization that's awesome we love to see it uh so so i'm glad in this world junior situation at least they have two bodies they're not going to have a lot of bodies here uh, at the world juniors but at least they have two we know that Absolutely. And do you have anything else in prospect land? Because uh, you said something about my my boy yeah, there, yeah. Aku. Yeah, you don't even know what he looks like. But uh, Aku Koskenvo, so I heard this um, from, from a good Finnish source. Um, he He's played so well at the international competition that the J20 team has had this season that he is in the running to be the third goaltender for Finland. He has outplayed the other, uh, the other goaltender that could be an option for them. Um, and it's just this, like it, that was not expected because the, the, they have three highly drafted goaltenders. I should have done, should have wrote this down, but they have three highly drafted goaltenders. Um, but Koskendo has just outplayed uh, the kind of the other guy that they were going to use as an option for third for the third goaltender of the tournament. So he might get an opportunity to go. This is his last chance to play in the World Juniors. He doesn't have another year after this. So uh, I've heard that he's he's played so well that uh, he does have an opportunity to be there at this camp. But another interesting thing, I I hope he goes because I also learned that the goaltending coach for Finland at the World Juniors here, and I I tell you what, I'm not great at saying names in the first place. This has been the worst one ever for me. Pekka Rene, am I saying that correct? It's just the name I've always struggled with in hockey. Pekka Rene is the the goaltending coach for Finland at the World Mm -hmm. Juniors, which is very cool. Uh, It's also his, what are you you laughing about? Uh, The chat. Okay. Cody said your Finnish source is Kevin Woodley, and he yeah, put no, you know over the O's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> listen to what Woodley says. This this isn't from Woodley. Uh, but uh, no, Sorry, but, I totally threw you off. No, I'm saying like it, it's the first uh, coaching job for Pekka Rene. Yes. Um, so that's cool for him, and I think it would be great for, for Koskenvo to even be the third goalie and just be around uh, totally. that situation. I'm yep. sure that um, Ian Clark, uh, the goaltending coach for the Vancouver Canucks, has a relationship with Pekka Rene because of uh, Clark's ties back to Finland as well. Um 
as well as what's uh, Marco Terenius, right? That's his yep. name. You know, he's probably got some ties to Rene. It's like the goaltending world's not that big, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's Kevin uh, Woodley and Kevin Woodley. And those <laughs> are the only two guys I know in the goaltending world. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be a great – it would be – it would still surprise me if Koskenvo is the third goaltender. But I've heard from someone that he's, he's put himself into a very good spot to be selected as Finland's third goalie. So, good news there. Jeff Rowe made a good point. Uh <laughs> Connor Bedard will be happy when Pearson comes back. Yeah. Okay, do you have anything else uh, for World Juniors or um, prospects no. in general? Well, with Pedersen, I didn't really mention it, but I think DPD is going to be like a seventh, eighth defenseman here. There's okay. only eight defensemen going for Sweden. Um, I think this is more about him getting an opportunity uh, to, to just be around the team because he'll be there next year and he'll be playing next year for sure. He'll get minutes in the World Juniors next year for sure. This year, don't, you know, with, with LeCarrie Mackey, there should be some expectations for him to produce. Um, and he should be able to put up points, should get time on the power play unit. Uh, but for Pedersen, the expectation that I have is, like, if he gets into a game or two, awesome. And I think that was what we saw with Yanni Yermo, where he was coming in as kind of the sixth, seventh defenseman, ends up playing a ton and moving up the lineup. So if you see that from Pedersen this year with another year of eligibility, you want to see, like, if he gets into a few games this year, huge win. It's a big win there for him. As yeah. a third-round pick, hell yeah. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Give me more of that, you know. That's what I said. Like you were talking about Luke Shen earlier for a third round pick, you find yourself another Elias Pedersen. Like, good, good for the prospect. Exactly, board. and and that's that's the thing that I want to make clear about what I was saying earlier. Is... And I make that joke, but it's like, yeah, maybe you actually go find another Elias Pedersen, get a third one <laughs> yeah. in the organization. Uh, what I really just needed to clarify because if you if you can't sign Shen to an extension, you can't say, well, we need him to hold down the culture for the rest of this season or whatever it is to justify. Like that's something that the past management regime would do, but so far. This management regime's track record is decent, and it's just Tyler Mott, basically, where they say um, we have to make a non-emotional decision and move on from him. And Tyler Mott was a fan favorite here. You get a fourth-round pick. Yeah, it's probably not going to move the needle, but it might. And if you're not going to have the guy sticking around at a cap hit that you are comfortable with that fits within your plan, and more importantly, the quad's plan, Mm. you got to move on. So again, like... Luke Shen for a fifth if he's not going to be re-signing, yeah, right? Like, no, exactly. Figure it out before the deadline. Don't go into the deadline not knowing what you're going to do. You have to have a plan. That's why I don't like these whole these debates that everybody's having about should they trade trade Shen or should they re-sign him? Mm. If it makes sense to re-sign him, then do it. Like, sure. There's also even, and I know it rarely happens, but there's also the even the opportunity potentially, because he's already come back once, of trading the guy. And then saying, hey, we're going to try and re-sign you in free agency. Yeah. If you really want to be here and you want to come at that that cap, again, probably not going to happen. But if there's it's anything... possible, though. If there's anything that this last management regime taught us, the last one being Benning, and there's a lot there to mm. learn, it's that you don't pay extra for leadership. That's what Marcus said right there in the chat. Good, good on Marcus. They're, yeah, shouldn't Marcus said shouldn't pay a premium for leadership. Bang That's on. why I keep saying these glue guys like Curtis Lazar... Three years, one million dollar. Kyle Burrows under a million. Luke Shen under a million. You don't say we want Luke Shen to be a leader on this team, so we're going to give him a three by three or whatever it is uh, that you know this open market would might happen. pay him. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying is you don't you just you it it doesn't make any sense. Again, it all comes back to where the Canucks are mm-hmm. in their competitive window, and you have to figure that out, make a plan, and make all your moves toward that plan. It doesn't make any sense to pay extra for Luke Shen. Like it doesn't. Yeah. And we, we like Luke Shen. Everybody likes Luke Shen. Some, anyway. some love him, yeah. All right, Betway's in my ear right now. They say okay. Betway time. Go ahead, Betway, yeah, Betway, get Betway, it done. Betway. I got to get going here. Quickly, uh, Jeff Rowe comes in the chat here. Quads needs to check out Brodeur's Bistro in Abbotsford for a Canucks game. Oh, don't get me started on Brodeur's. They got what? Oh, the sides that they got, they got like 20-something sides or something, and their uh, Montreal smoked meat's incredible. But Jeff Rowe, I know you know this place as well if you're out there in Abbey. 
lose. Lose for the chicken wings. Oh. Okay, let's got, get it going. Got good stuff. Betway, 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 Betway. Betway, Betway, Betway. Start the counter, Knucklehead. Uh, Betway bets of the day for Betway. Uh, JT Miller or Brock Besser. I like these bets. I like the, the either ors. You get two shots at them uh, over on Betway. Look at that. The logo up there. Betway, Betway. 19 plus to play. Bet the responsible way. Betway, Betway. Everything rhymes. Uh, JT Miller or Brock Besser to score a goal in this one. You're getting that at minus 138 over on Betway right now. So if you bet $10 on Betway, your Betway return on Betway will be $17.27. You put that in your Betway account. You can do whatever you want with it over on Betway. Uh, and their other bet, the big one, you know I like these big ones on Betway, uh, the pre-built Betway, Betway bets on Betway. Vancouver Canucks to win the game. On Betway, over 6.5 total goals scored in the game uh, and Elias Pettersson to score a goal. You're getting that over on a Betway bet right now on Betway at plus 550 over on Betway.com. Uh, Betway, Betway, uh, bet your way hashtag. That's a Betway hashtag. Actually, I've never seen the Betway hashtag before. Uh, so you stop. put $10 down on the Betway bet there. Uh, $10 will get you 65 back over on Betway right now. And then your Betway account's looking good and you can bet whatever way you want on Betway. Okay, enough. Uh, 19 plus to play. We'll That's wrap record, it up I there. Think. Yeah, I think so. Betway. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our technical producer, Alex Allard, do we see the sky train? Uh, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. That way. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.